Well, no, we haven't become a casino. So everybody, take a deep breath. We're, we're not going down that road. But we are talking about a new series uh, last week, starting last week called House of Cards. And if you remember from the scripture from last week, it was the scripture on building your house on the rock. But as we read from the message, it talked about how if you do not take Jesus' teaching and put it into your life, that when the storm comes, your house will fall like a house of cards. And I want to ask you, does your, does your house fall every time the wind blows? Can big situations as well as small situations completely knock you off track? That's no way to live. That's not the way that uh, Jesus Christ came to provide for us for us to live that way. But on the same analogy with this house of cards, you have been dealt a hand. You have come in here with a hand that you've been dealt that you're having to play. And many of you are struggling with that hand that you're trying to play. It's not a, it's not a very good hand. And so many of those cards that you hold in your life are not even due to your own fault. Maybe you were born with a birth defect or even a disease. Maybe you, were, you grew up in a household of anger or maybe in a household of depression or addiction or abuse. And you know, sometimes when we're brought up in that kind of situation, we don't know that there's something else. We don't know that there's another way to do things. But I want you to know that there is good news. I have got good news for you today. Many of you have grown up with, with uh, household issues with your parents. Maybe, uh, I don't know if you've ever followed situations like this to where your dad died at age 55, your granddad died at age 55, his granddad died at age 55, and it looks like you've got a pattern here. And what that is, is a generational curse. And you don't have to live under that any longer. But you may not know it. But I'm here to tell you, I've got good news. We can break that. You may have grown up where your mom was depressed and her mom was depressed and her sisters were depressed and the whole house was depressed and you just think, that's just how life is supposed to be. No, it isn't. Life is not supposed to be a life overtaken by depression or anxiety or stress. Maybe you were brought up in an abusive situation and that's all you knew. That, I've got good news for you. There is, there is a better way. But some of the cards that you hold are due to your choices. You did have a part to play with this. You chose your education. You chose your job. You chose to leave that job. You chose your spouse. You chose your credit cards. And you chose to max those credit cards out. Right? The government did not make you do it. The devil did make you do it. Until we get to the point where we stop blaming everybody for the choices that we've made, we're going to stay right where we are. But you have an opportunity today to play your way out of that hand or to stay in it. You have a choice. The Lord has given us a choice. There is good news. There is a way out. Now, I do want to tell you, there is not a redeal. There's no, we're just going to toss these cards in and ask to be redealt. Nope. You're going to go home and face the challenges that you had before you left this morning. Those challenges are still going to be there. But there is a way out. 
there is a way of victory for you, no matter how bad your cards are. doesn't matter. I don't care what background you come from. As I said last week, you may be the worst sinner that ever walked the earth. That may be you. That's me. Been there, done that. Your, your hand is a losing hand on your own. It will continue to be. I don't care what your religious background is. I don't care if you've never been to church in your life. I don't care if you're a Muslim. I don't care if you're an atheist. There is a way for you. There is a way for you. I don't care if you're a spirit-filled believer and have known the Lord your whole life. You may be holding a, a, a hand that you just can't seem to overcome. There is a way. How you play is going to determine where you wind up. It's not a quick fix, but it's a real fix. But the question I want to ask you is, do you want to move forward or backward? Which way do you want to go? Do you want to get, do you want a different path? Do you need help? Do you need hope? I want you to know that the Lord is working in this place in so many different ways. And people have come to me today saying, I have no hope. And you know what I gained from that? I, I feel the Holy Spirit moving for someone to just come up and admit, I've got nowhere else to go. You know what? Coming to the end of your rope sometimes is where we've got to come to before we have breakthrough. And for a man to be able to say, I don't have anywhere else to go. I think that that's one of the most strongest statements that a, that a man can make. Of saying, I need help because we won't ask for help. We will go down with the ship and take everybody down with us, trying to hang on with everything that we've got, but we can't. I need help. If you need help, then change has to occur. You cannot continue your life going the same way and expect a different result. You have to change something. But I'm telling you, I've got the answer. The church has the answer. I want to show you what it says in Scripture in Matthew chapter 4. Very basic, come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. If y'all got your Bibles, if y'all don't mind, get your, go ahead and turn with me to this one. I love to have a Bible, and I love to have it. I, I, have, I have one on a Kindle. I have one on my iPhone. But I have to be able to mark it up and be able to come back to it. So I encourage you. If, you've, if yours is electronic, great. But make sure you can put some notes in it, on it. You can come back to it so that you can write down what the Spirit is saying to you. I want you to know as I preach, the Holy Spirit will speak to you directly. As, I, as we read the Word together, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you. And you need to be able to write that down and come back to it. Because I don't know if you're like me. I forget. You would think I would remember everything the Holy Spirit ever spoke to me. I remember a fraction. But when I write it down, my memory's better. Can anybody agree? If I write it down, somehow I have a better memory. <laughs> it helps my memory. Matthew chapter 4. Y'all ready? As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21. 
Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left their boats and their father and followed him. Now before I get too far, I want to come back to this statement. They left their boats and their father. But you know, that's a big deal. We have such uh, programming from our parents. We have such programming with our job that it is hard for us to break our path. We see what our parents do, and a lot of times we fall into what they did, whether good or bad, whether it's personality or just quirky things or really lifestyle. And it says that they left their boat and they left their father. They left the only way that they knew life was and started walking in a different direction. That's what this requires. How many of you know that when you get married, if your parents stay close in that relationship, you have problems? Right? It says that's why a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. It doesn't say and the parents should cleave too. It really should say the parents should leave, not cleave. Right? Because it creates a mess. The things that we offer when we start to look at walking with the Lord kind of muddy up the water. We need to kind of remove that. Lord, remove that history out of my life and show me the right way to go. Because I have a tendency of following you for a while and then I veer over to what I'm used to. Right? Anybody do that? It, uh, sometimes my walk with Christ winds up becoming my walk with me, hoping Christ is still with me. Instead of my walk with Christ. Do y'all follow? Follow, yeah. So, what does follow mean? What does the word follow mean? It means to move or travel behind or to come after. For instance, like a guide. A guide is leading. We travel behind them. Or to come after something in time. Something goes first and then we follow. Secondly, to seek to attain. Now these are different definitions, so hang in there with me. To seek to attain, meaning to follow knowledge. I don't know if you ever study self-help books or exercise books or weight loss books or if you follow people's knowledge. Some people are really smart in some areas that it's good to follow them. Some people are really dumb in some areas and they write books and we've got to be careful that we don't follow those. Anybody ever read a dumb book? I have. I've read a lot of them. Sometimes I don't realize they're dumb until I follow it and then I realize I just made a dumb decision. That wasn't smart. Next. To copy after, to imitate, and then finally, to be or act in accordance with. Now, I believe that when the Lord says, come follow me, that it encompasses all of these definitions. That we literally follow his steps, the way that he walked here on the earth, but we also seek to attain the knowledge that he had, that he has to offer us as we follow Christ to copy after him, the word of God tells us to do that. And to act in accordance with. If you remember from last week, we looked at the message about building our house on the rock. And the message translation said, if we will hear his words and put them into our life practice. That's to act in accordance with. Jesus said, follow me. 
like a guide. He's also saying, follow my directions. Accept, A-C-C-E-P-T, accept them and put them into practice. Imitate me. I want to ask you something. Who do you follow? Who do you follow? Now, when I started thinking about that statement, I immediately thought of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Right? Because if I don't follow you, then when I'm looking through my Twitter feed, I don't see anything that you've posted. On Instagram, if I follow you, if I don't follow you, then I don't see what, what's been posted. If I do follow you, then I get to see what you're sharing. I hate that now they have these apps that can tell you when you unfollow someone. Because that's kind of awkward. It's awkward for the person that's being unfollowed, and it's awkward on the other person too. It's just hurtful. Just remove that. I don't want people to know that I unfollowed them. And really, I don't want to know that you unfollowed me. It's hurtful both ways. Can anybody relate? Have you ever unfollowed someone? It feels weird, doesn't it? feels like you're just, I do. I feel like I'm betraying somebody. I'm like, man, I hope they don't know that I'm unfollowing them. But I'm not following that any longer. (laughs) I'm sure people unfollow me. It just happens. But what do you follow? Who do you follow? I want to ask you. When it comes to your home finances, who do you follow? When it comes to your walk with Christ, who do you follow? When it comes to raising your children, who do you follow? When it comes to the health of your marriage, the state of your marriage, who do you follow? Uh, Nobody. I I don't follow anybody on marriage. I don't follow anybody on raising my kids. I don't follow anybody on personal finances. Um, yeah, I follow Jesus. Really? Let's talk about that. But let me ask you, how are those things working out where you're not following? I want to tell you, I follow Dave Ramsey and his principles that he teaches in personal finance. Now, I don't follow him to where I listen to his radio program. I don't listen to that. But I do follow his uh, steps to personal freedom for financial peace. And why do I follow it? Because I didn't have anyone else to follow and my finances were not good. So I began to follow it and it began to prove itself true. In my life, it's proved itself true. When it comes to weight loss, I follow Weight Watchers. When I first started, I didn't know if it would be true or not, but I needed to do something because I could not, I was in bad shape in my weight. So I said, Elizabeth, what are we going to try? She goes, well, there's two or three options. Okay, I'll pick that one. Let's try that one. And we started following it until I started to see results. If I don't see results, why would I keep following it? Who wants to diet and not lose weight? How many do that? (laughs) Yeah. Look, is there fruit? Then quit doing it. Do something else. But I follow. Do we follow Christ or do we just come to church? Do I follow Christ in my, in my walk? That's what we're going to be learning over these next few weeks of how to follow Christ. Do I move and travel behind him? Do I come after him? Do I seek to attain him? Do I copy after him? And do I act in accordance with his direction? Jesus said, follow me. Jesus says to you, follow me. And I, I kind of feel like we would all say, who? Me? Me follow you? What has qualified me to follow you? Look at these disciples. They are just like 
us. They, we've got family issues. The, the disciples had family issues. Check. I got that. Got job issues. Check. Some days they don't catch any fish and don't have any money to take home to their family. Right? Check. Go home. Stinky. Check. Just like us. These disciples that Jesus called out of the boat to come are just like us. They have family issues. They got financial issues. They've got personal issues. But the word just said, just come. We make things so difficult that we talk ourselves out of following Christ. And it is so simple. Don't overthink. Just come. Just follow. Have you ever seen ducks cross the road? It's the funniest thing to watch. They're just, they don't care about cars. They don't care. They just waddle and they follow. That's all Christ was saying. Hey, get out of your boat and just come follow me. Just come follow me. The Lord would say to you, hey, get out of your boat and come follow me. So what does that mean? Okay, what is following you? Let's look at the next verse. Verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee. Now I want you to know he just called them out of the boat. Now here's the next verse. So here they go. Jesus went. So he left. These guys followed through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. Can you imagine? Here's Peter. Dude, I don't know what we're doing. He just said to follow. Okay. Man, he's teaching. You listening to what he's saying? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Oh, my gosh. He just, that dude had leprosy and now he doesn't. What or what has just happened? Hey, James, did you see what just happened? Yeah, that dude had leprosy just a minute ago, now he doesn't. That guy just had a broken leg and now he doesn't. That guy was on a, uh, was in a wheelchair and now he's not. Man, okay, well, let's keep following. What else is he going to do? I don't know. Let's look. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all that were ill and with various diseases, those suffering pain, uh, demon-possessed, having seizures, and the paralyzed. And he healed them. This is the following. It doesn't say that there was any big church service. This guy's just walking around. Hey, guys, come follow me. We're just going to go walk over here. Okay, I don't know what that's going to be. He told me to leave my boat, too, so I guess we're going to eat. I don't know. Let's just follow. We'll follow until I get hungry. Okay. We'll follow until we get hungry. All right. Good deal. Okay. Here we go. Now, here, 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 here he still goes, and, and we're following, and there's been healing. Now, people are hearing and starting to bring people to him. Dude, we're drawing a crowd. Or wait a minute. The dude we're following is drawing a crowd. So we'll keep following. It's kind of fun. Large crowds from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, across the, uh, Judea and the region across the Jordan followed him. What did they follow? They followed Jesus literally from town to town, but they watched him teach, proclaiming the good news, healing every disease and sickness. Now, I want you to know that people weren't bringing the unsaved. They were bringing the hurt. So I want to encourage you to rethink church. Can you imagine you're at work with someone that's had a lifelong disease and you just say to them, I want to invite you to my church. Because I believe that I serve a God that will heal. 
and the pastor's been preaching about healing, and I believe that if we follow Christ and his word and his spirit, that he is still a healer. Would you be willing to come to our church and let us pray for you? No, I'd probably rather not. Well, okay, do you mind if I pray for you? I'll pray for you. Well, it's kind of weird. Well, that's okay. What do you have to lose? But it says that people just started bringing the sick and the hurting. Why don't we do that? And let's watch God do a miracle in this place. He says that we will do the things that he did and more because he needed to leave to send the Holy Spirit. Now, do we believe it or not? Then let's, I, I don't, God says don't test him, but I believe that we can hold him to his word. So if there is a sick person that needs healing, this is the place to bring them. And I want you to know that if someone gets healed, their hard heart will get softened and they'll get saved. We try to put the cart before the horse. We need to get you saved and then we'll get you healed. No, let's get them healed and then get them saved. That's what happened here. People heard he was healing, so they showed up. And after he healed them, he taught them. Or maybe they showed up in the middle of the teaching. Well, let's hear what this guy's got to say. Sounds pretty good. What about the healing? Okay, let's go get in line. Woo! I'm going to follow him a little bit more. Am I taking this out of context? We are not believing for God to do miracles. I want you to know where we're going is we're going after the Lord. And when we follow him, we should be followed, but we should see miracles and signs and wonders and the sick getting up and the blind seeing and the brokenhearted getting mended and the marriages getting restored and people getting forgiven and forgiving each other and loving each other and meeting needs and God meeting our needs. Now, can we, can we follow? Let me tell you this, the disciples... When Jesus said, come follow me, he didn't give them a package of how to follow Christ. Here's your Bible. Here's your four steps. Here's how to pray the sinner's prayer. And here's some communion and a, and a chiclet and a little thing of grape juice. I know what to do now. No, didn't give them anything. They did not have the word. They had the word. Did y'all follow that? They had Jesus. It says in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the word. Just listen to his voice. It's enough. They weren't given a Bible. We have, a, we have the word of God to walk around with. Yeah, they had the Old Testament at that time, but not these fishermen. They didn't have the scrolls to go look through and say, oh, Jesus, wait a minute. It says this. No, 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 no. They just had Jesus to follow. You have so much more. You are so much more well-equipped than even the disciples were. And I'm going to prove that to you as we go through this series. You may say, whoa, 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 they walked with Jesus. You're right. But I believe I can prove to you that we have it better. I'm not trying to preach heresy. I'm not doing that. But if you'll stick with me, I believe that you're going to see that we have greater potential. We have greater potential because Jesus said, I need to leave. It's better for you that I leave. If it's better that he leaves, then it's got to be better than what the disciples walked with. Now, it's hard, to, it's hard to fathom, but go with me. 
They didn't have they didn't have his word, they had him. He said, Walk with me, watch my actions, watch my encounters, my experiences, all aspects of my walk, my with dinner together, with downtime, with rest, with relationship. Can you imagine? It wasn't just walking with Jesus through ministry times. They walked their life with them, with him. So that means they slept together. That means that they ate together. That means that everywhere they went, can you imagine going from town to town? It probably took days. A lot of conversation took place. And what kind of conversations does fish, 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 uh, fishermen have? They're funny. They tell jokes. We were created in God's image, and we have been created with a sense of humor. I believe Jesus had a sense of humor. I know God had a sense of humor. I mean, look at yourself. Right? I know he had to have laughed when I was born. <laughs> God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, look at that. Yeah. I know. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine? I want, to, I want you to consider the disciples going up to Jesus and just saying, Hey, you got some cool shirt. Your mom make that for you? Cool, cool robe. Where'd you get that? That looks kind of good. Hey, you got good hair today, Jesus. You know they were just having regular conversation. And Jesus would say to them, hey, man, that's a pretty good-looking little scarf you got on there. Where'd you get that thing? They sell men's clothes where, they, where you got that? No, but you know there's relationship happening with Jesus Christ. That we are intended to have relationship, and I'm going to show you that. But you know they fussed at each other. Hey, he ate two fish, and I only got one. Hey, wait a minute. Can you just imagine sitting around, sitting around the table and them start telling fish stories? I don't mean literal fish stories, but how fish stories go. Dude, you, Jesus, you remember when you were walking down the street and you spoke to that fig tree and it, it withered up? Dude, that was awesome. Jesus, do you remember that time when you prayed for that guy that was on that mat, that had been on that mat his whole life, and he got up and ran around the place? That was awesome. Then Jesus would go, hey, Peter and John, you remember that time you walked up to that guy that was on that mat and couldn't walk and said, hey, give me money? And y'all said, we don't have money, but what we do have, we give you. Get up and walk. And he got up and walked and ran around all over the place. That was awesome. Relationship. Relationship. I have struggled my whole life understanding this relationship with Christ. But I believe that the Lord has given me tremendous revelation for it. And I want you to know as I've been walking it out the last two or three weeks, it's true. He desires relationship. He wants me to tell him how great he is. God, you're awesome. Look at that sunset. Look at my children. Look at this situation. Look how you just saved Caleb from death. Look at what you just did. God, you're awesome. That's the same as saying, man, honey, your hair looks so good today. I think you're just the prettiest thing ever. It's praise. And when the Lord teaches us how to praise him, you know what he does? He says, put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. As you praise me, that spirit of depression that's been on your family is going to break. It can't stay. Do you see that that comes through relationship? I have to recognize how great he is and tell him. I love it when my wife tells me something that I did good. 
Someone came up to me at the book and tape table back there. The book and tape. Um, <laughs> the donut table. And just encouraged me. And it's just like, woo. Yeah, I needed that. But when I praise the Lord, oh my goodness, he starts pouring out his presence on me. You know, when we literally learn to praise the Lord, he will draw all men unto him. But there is a relationship to be built. A genuine, literal relationship that we're going after. He says, eat with me, partake with me. His word, his blood, his spirit, his presence. It was enough. Just follow. Just follow. Church, Sunday morning for 30 minutes is not even close to getting started. For me to have breakthrough in my weight and my finances, going and listening to a video with Ron Nelson and the financial piece, hearing that video just gave me encouragement to start. I then had to apply it to my life. I can't just, you can't just go to this Holy Spirit class and expect your life to change. You have to follow, you have to seek, you have to get after it. Anything worth anything is going to take effort. I want you to know that receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior is such an easy, simple thing. But following Him is tough. Let me tell you why it's tough. It's not because His instructions are too hard to do. It's because it's our flesh that we're battling. You can do it. But you've got to make a change. You've got to follow. It says that uh, I, it says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It says if the Son sets you free, you will truly be free. You must follow. Will you follow? Will you follow? Will you all pray with me? You all just stand up with me if you all don't mind, and I want to pray for you. Well, Holy Spirit, we've already asked you to come. I believe that you're here. I believe that you're in us. With everybody with their head bowed, I just ask you to just listen for just a minute. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about following the Lord? How can you follow? I guess the question is, are you following? Holy Spirit, we just ask you right now just to show us some steps to take. Lord, we've seen that we have your word and we have your spirit. Help us to get in your word and to start to really seek what is it that you're calling us to do and do that. Just start there. The Lord is calling you. Everyone under the sound of my voice has a calling from God. As you begin to follow his word, his spirit, as you begin to follow him, he's going to start to make that calling completely clear to you. But you have to start. You may be living in a life of sin. I want you to know that that's, it's okay. But the start for you is repentance. Would you just right now, under the, just under your own breath, just tell the Lord, I ask you to forgive me for this.
and I make a decision to stop doing it. I'm not perfect, God, but God says he didn't say uh, perfectly done, thy good and faithful servant. He says well done. Just do it well. He doesn't say to do it perfectly. He knows you're not perfect. And when we make a mistake, we repent again. Would you follow? Would you make a commitment today to follow? Maybe a first-time commitment. It may be a, a commitment you made years ago. But don't just make the commitment. Follow it. Church, the Lord is going to do an incredible miracle in your life if you follow. Just praise you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Justin.